my guest, Brittany Herzberg, talks about a lightning bulb moment that she had when she saw a colleague attracting dozens of customers, how it led her to firing a client, and how niching down in her copywriting business has helped her make a name for herself. And as a case study writer, she also shares some great insights on the power of case studies and how they compare to testimonials. So I have to share with you that after recording this episode, I had lunch with a friend who's launching a coaching business, and she's been stuck because she is having a hard time deciding how to position herself and exactly what she wants to focus on because she has really broad expertise and she has a passion about working with so many types of clients. So during our conversation, I found myself referring to my conversation with Brittany so many times. I shared one of the gems that I got from Brittany, which is to think about choosing a niche or choosing a direction as dating, not a marriage. That way it feels a little less scary. So you know it's a good episode when I'm repeating the sound bites to a friend over lunch. If you're a business owner who's having trouble choosing a direction or standing out in a sea of competitors, you are going to love what Brittany shares with us today. So let's get to it. Hi, welcome to Marketer for Hire. I'm your host, Sunny Logsdon, and I understand that not all business owners have a marketing background. That's why I'm here, to provide tips and advice on how to build the right team to unlock your business's full potential without wasting precious time and money. Each week, we'll break down complex marketing concepts into easy to understand pieces so that you can delegate confidently. Whether you're a business owner with a marketer on your team or you're just beginning the journey of hiring a marketer, I'm passionate about helping you maximize success. So if you're looking for ways to get the most out of your marketing budget, reduce frustration from lack of results, and provide clear strategic marketing direction to your team, this show is for you. Hey, Brittany, I am so excited to have you on the show today and looking forward to talking about lots of different topics that are really important to small business owners. So if you would just maybe introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do now and maybe how you started in the whole small business world. Hi, I'm Brittany Herzberg. I am now known as an SEO and case study copywriter, but I got here by way of massage therapy and COVID. So on that story, I actually just recently re-listened to an episode, a podcast that I was on. So I'm like, oh, I really like how I said that. So let's do that again. You know, 2020, the year of all years, I was at home. I was missing my massage clients. I knew that I needed to update my website. And it was like, let's start with testimonials because my people hopefully are missing me. And maybe I can get them to say some nice things that I could put it on my website. So I did that, updated my website, got really good client testimonials and just learned to appreciate social proof in a whole new way. Around the same time I was in Marisa Corcoran's copy chat, I was listening to that, heard, you know, all of those interviews and I was like, wait a minute, I'm a copywriter. This is cool. And beyond that, like other people might want to hire me for this thing. So kind of dove down that whole rabbit hole. It was wonderful. I started writing for healthcare providers and wellness practitioners and all kinds of people. And eventually I landed on SEO being a thing that I love doing, and then even more so case studies. So I know we're going to dive into all of that and more. But yeah, that's kind of like the trail that led us here. I love that. So you have experience in that local business world, which 
sometimes that can be tough to market and draw an audience for. And I also love the fact that you're one of these people that switched careers over the course (laughs) of COVID. That's really exciting and fun. And I feel like so many of us found a love just in marketing and all things online. And so tell me a little bit about your journey from saying, okay, I'm going to be a copywriter. This is what I love doing. And this is where I'm going to focus to where you are now, because you have really niched down in the world of copywriting. Yeah, I have. And actually, it's something that niching down came up with my massage therapy practice and with copywriting. So Mm -hmm. I'll take you down the copywriting journey. Initially, I was just like, let me see, let me test and see what projects I like doing. So I took on email welcome sequence. I, I took on Instagram captions. I took on sales pages and web copy and like any word writing thing you can think of. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Eventually, I realized I really do like web copy. So anything that goes on your website. More than that, I like content writing. Mm -hmm. So I really like having these pieces. You know, you might think of them as blogs. You might think of them, maybe you're familiar with the phrase pillar content post. Mm -hmm. Any of these pieces that you put out where it's like, this is who I want to help. This is how I help people. This is my thing. This is what I want to be known for. And I love wrapping in SEO strategy into that because I was the kid that I was a straight A student. It's like a badge of honor that I still wear at almost 32 <laughs> years old. I'm like, sure was. And I, any kind of extra credit opportunity that I had, I took advantage of it because like, why not? And so I feel like SEO is very similarly in this online world. It's like an extra credit space. So why not take advantage of something that can pull in more traffic, mm-hmm. lead more people into your business? Yeah. So how do you use that in your copy? What is kind of your overarching thoughts on SEO strategy. Yeah, so I'll take you through a case study project just so we can have a little easier of a through line, Mm -hmm. how my brain works best. So when I bring a client in to onboard for a case study project, they give me either a video or an audio interview, which I watch, I pull out like really powerful quotes and I just have like a list, a note page that I dump them all in and I figure out what to do with them later. But I pull out all these quotes Mm -hmm. and then I sit there and I'm like, okay, What was kind of like the story arc for this person's journey? What is the main point that we want to drive home? Me and then the business owner that, you know, hired me to do this. What is our main point that we want to drive home? And from there, I think, what would someone actually be typing into Google so that eventually this page might show up in front of them? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the very high level of what I do with SEO. But when it comes to actually implementing those key phrases on that page within that case study, There's like six or seven key areas that you want to include keywords. Some of those areas are the headline. So when you land on any kind of web page anywhere online, there's that big headline, that big title that is called your H1. And Google like needs that any kind of search engine needs to know from that headline, where do I show this? How do I show this to people who needs to see this? Another place that you can put keywords is in your image titles. So places like that are where I'm seeding in these keywords and where, you know, a listener could seed in these keywords and hopefully make their content more findable. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, as long as you're creating content, why not go for the bonus points and make sure that it's good searchable content, right? Yeah. So you were doing this initially just with general content, anything that you were writing for clients. And how did you find your love for case studies and work your way into really being known for writing case studies? Yeah, it's kind of like a two-piece thing. So one is that 
this is where I started. I woke up one morning and I was like, case studies, like this is my thing. Don't ask me where I came from. My brain was like working overtime at night. It came up with this strategy and I'm like, I love it. So I went forward with that. And what I realized recently, so kind of like hindsight being 2020, is that as a massage therapist in my practice, I realized what I did in there, in the room, that also translates into the case studies. Mm-hmm. What that is, is, you know, one example is I had a client. He had to have a pretty scary neck surgery and he wasn't looking forward to mm-hmm. it. And just a couple months before that, before he got this news, another one of my clients had had a similar pretty scary neck surgery. So both of these clients I've known for a very long time. I didn't introduce anybody to anyone. But what I said to the guy, the the first guy, is, hey, you know, another one of my clients had this happen. And I launched into the story kind of telling him what happened with her surgery. So I was using her story to kind of help put him at ease and to let him know what's possible. Well, what do I do with case studies? I show someone's story. I let them know what's possible. So it makes total sense, but it took me a while to realize that. So it was more like I jumped into writing case studies and then I realized why it was kind of like a perfect fit for me. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, testimonials versus case studies, how do you differentiate the two? What's a testimonial versus a case study? I love this question and I have a really wonderful answer. And it is that testimonials are like the movie trailer. Mm -hmm. They give you like a little bit of a blip or even a podcast trailer. We listen to it. We see if we're interested. If we are, we want to hear the full story. So case studies are the full story. They give Mm -hmm. you all the context. They give you, you know, beginning to end. What was the before and what's the after? So yeah, that's how I think of them. Yeah, I love that. So it's the storytelling around Uh what you did and the results. It's, you know, you have your person in the story and they have a challenge and then they fix their challenge. And so the case study allows us to see that whole story and allows your customer to be the hero in that story because you're able to paint your customer as the person that came in and allowed their customer to overcome whatever the obstacles were. Exactly. And recently in another interview, I was talking about Donald Miller and he has, I always get it wrong, but like build a story brand, I think is what it's called. Story brand. Yeah. Story brand. The story brand framework, if you're familiar, Mm -hmm. you've got the hero and you've got the guide. In the case of me writing the case study, my client who hires me to write the case study, the business owner is the guide. Mm -hmm. Their client, the case study, (laughs) the case study subject is the hero. So I'm able to take the business owner and position them as like, look, they're this guide. They can take you from here to here. And look what they did with this person who's the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. And the person reading the case study is able to see themselves in that hero position. They're Mm -hmm. able to connect with you, bond with you as the guide, but they're also able to see themselves going through that transformation. Yeah, absolutely. And as somebody reading it, I'm much more likely to call you when I really see myself in this story versus just a quote. I mean, a quote is great. It's proof that this person knows what they're doing. But when I see myself in the story, I'm much more likely to go, oh my gosh, if she could save this person, she can save me, right? Exactly. And that actually brings me to something that I love to highlight, which is we all love commenting and focusing on the dollar signs. Mm-hmm. We love saying like someone had a six-figure launch. We love saying that, you know, there were 200 people in the program or whatever it may be, but slash and it's more meaningful. It's more touching to someone reading these case studies when we can focus on those internal transformations. Yeah. They went from being scared to feeling empowered. They mm-hmm. went from feeling shy to, you know, being able to step out on a stage and 
give some speech or whatever it Mm -hmm. may be like those internal wins we cannot discount the power of those yeah well in that you said the word feelings right i mean that ultimately our emotions and our feelings that's what we make purchasing decisions on and so when you're able to elicit those feelings in someone when they're reading a case study they're far more likely to make that purchase and end up being a customer so yeah i love that that's so so true yeah the dollar signs are generally not why people buy. They they buy right. because of the way you make them feel. Yeah, exactly. The dollar signs look pretty and they make us feel good as the business owners. And of course, mm-hmm. they make our clients feel good. But it's really those emotions that, like you said, they just lead to someone being like, yeah, I want to buy. I'm in. I want this yeah. person. I want the help. Yeah, help. Yes, exactly. Completely. <laughs> okay, I love how you need John. You started your story with, well, I woke up in the morning. And so number one, that is how we all have to start our day. So yes, two feet on the ground. And then I love that you said your brain had been working on it all night. And I actually Uh just finished reading a book by Michael Hyatt, if you're familiar with him, and it's called Mind Your Mindset. And he actually talks about the neurological reasons that that happens, that when we take a break, when we, you know, go on a walk or do something where our mind is no longer focused on our problem, that subconsciously we're continuing to solve it. And the same thing happens during sleep. And so it's not surprising that you woke up and then when you're like, oh, the puzzle's worked out. This is what I need to be doing. That is amazing. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's a great book. I enjoyed it. And of course, I I didn't actually read it. I listened to it on Audible as I was like that doing still laundry counts. and cooking <laughs> and doing all the things, right? But then I always have to go back and buy the book either on Kindle or in yeah. person so I can highlight it mm-hmm. and you know go back to all the goodies. <laughs> so yeah, I loved that book. But as we think about the niching, was that scary at all? Because you go from, okay, I can do any of your copywriting. I can write your blogs. I'm going to, you know, I can help you with your YouTube script, whatever it is. And then you start saying, no, really what I'm doing is I'm doing case studies. Because I know when I encourage my clients to niche down, sometimes the reaction is, but why would I do that? Aren't I actually losing business by saying that I do one thing when I could do so many. So what was your experience and did you have that fear? I love this. As you know, I love this topic because I've been talking about it a lot recently on Instagram and I'm going to answer it kind of twofold. So I love the fact that I had two businesses because it gives me two very distinct different lenses to look through. Yes, I was scared at first. The second time, no. But one thing I want to say up front is that niching does not equal saying no. Mm. It does not mean that you are only going to take those people that fit that whatever checklist of 10 items. There are tons of times where myself and my friends and colleagues and anybody else has said, this is who I work with and taken on clients that don't fit that bill. So niching does not equal saying no. First and foremost, like, let's just get that out of the way. You're also never married to your niche. You're kind of dating your niche. That's another thing that I like Mm. telling my clients. And the second I say that, they're like, oh, you can see the shoulders drop, see them take a sigh of relief. It's like, oh, okay. So let me take you back to when I was a massage therapist. When I was a massage therapist starting out, I had a very bumpy journey into becoming my own boss for massage therapy. And one thing that I noticed is that my counterpart, another massage therapist who was working in the chiropractic office that I was, people knew why they were going to her. They knew what kind of session it was going to be. They knew what kind of work that she was going to do with them. And I noticed like she was constantly full and I'm like, hmm, okay, I could learn something here. So I, again, was throwing spaghetti at the wall. I'm like, I kind of like this, I kind of like that. 
And eventually I was like, this is the thing that really lights me up. This is the thing that, you know, this is the style, the modality where clients are coming back and saying, I really like blank. I really like coming to see you because of whatever. So I noticed that and I paid attention and I was like, okay, that's what I do. I do cupping and myofascial release. I do trigger point, you know, whatever it was at that time. And my niche did kind of ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I learned a new modality and I got really obsessed with it like I did with craniosacral therapy. Maybe I wanted to stop doing so much of something. It was really helpful as well for my clients. Like not only was it good for me because I was lit up by Mm -hmm. going to work and I was lit up by talking to people about the type of work that I did. And I didn't have a fear of saying, you know, that's not my thing, but you can go see so-and-so. They're really great at that. Actually, something that just came to mind is that I actually kind of like air quote fired a massage client when I did pivot into like a certain niche with massage therapy. And that was a very interesting, positive experience that I expected to be like the worst experience of my life. Um, It was a male client. His wife had started coming to see me and then she got him to start coming to see me. And... I felt so bad because the guy came in twice a month. He wanted 90-minute sessions. But when I realized what it was I really wanted to focus on, the style of session he wanted just wasn't a fit. So I remember talking with his wife, and I was like, he did nothing wrong. I feel really (laughs) bad. Like, I know it's going to make him really sad. I don't have the best person to send him to for the thing that he wants. But, like, this isn't where I want to focus. And can you help me let him down gently? And she's like, I'm so proud of you. And I was not expecting to hear that. And then when we told her husband, he said the same thing. He's like, I'm so happy for you. I'm really going to miss you, but this is great. Oh, what a great client. Right? Just like so nice. So that was, you know, a very long-winded way of saying like, yes, it's scary. It's also really freeing and it actually opens more doors for you. So because I had all of that experience from the massage practice, fast forward and I go into copywriting, I knew I wanted to work with health and wellness providers. I didn't know the deliverable that I wanted to specify in but I knew the people that I wanted to help. Mm. And as we've talked about, that evolved. Now I work with service providers, but my deliverables are much more specific. So had I not had the experience with my massage practice, it would have been a lot more scary at that point with copywriting. Mm -hmm. But because I had all of that to draw on, I was like, this is what I need to do. I know that this is going to have a big payoff and, you know, let's go. Yeah, because now you really are known for case studies, but I'm sure you still have people come to you asking you for all sorts of different types of writing and SEO help. Oh, yeah. I'm actually, you know, today I was working on an email welcome sequence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't talk about that at all. You know, all of my packages are custom quoted. So Mm -hmm. one thing I like doing on the initial call with a client is like, what are your needs? What Mm -hmm. projects are you working on? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Let's kind of prioritize what we're working on. Mm -hmm. I can help you with these three, but I know someone else who can help you with these two. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, that's how the conversations go. But yeah, no, I'm not always telling people no. And I often end up doing projects that I don't publicly talk about. Yeah. I love what you said about that you would light up and your passion would come through when you talked about the one thing that you really wanted to focus on. And I think that happens when I hear you talking about case studies too. And it happens to all of us when we're really able to focus on something that we're very passionate about in our business, then our potential customers and clients, they can feel it, right? And what I like to tell my clients is that niching is almost like positioning It's really just drilling down your messaging to focus on this one thing because you'll stand out from the crowd. And then, you know, once you're out there, once you're in, like you're saying, you have this one-on-one, 
you can figure out what their needs are. And if you want to help them, if they need help with something that goes beyond what your niche is, that opportunity is there. But you know why you got your attention? So the reason that you were able to get their attention in the first place is because you had a very specific message and it didn't get lost in the crowd. Exactly. And some of our, our mutual mentor, Marisa Corcoran, always talks about you're a specialist and a senior generalist. Yeah. But, you know, she brings this up often now because of, you know, her health history. If you think of who you go to for whatever physical ailment, I have migraines. So it's like, who am I going to go see? I'm going to go see this person, this person or this person. I don't just want to go see a regular like mm-hmm. general practitioner. I want someone who really understands my needs, what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. They can explain or describe the pain or the situation that I'm in. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you get it. Like mm-hmm. that is what all of us need to do for our clients. And when right. niche, you're able to do that. And then that same doctor might be able to hear about a symptom you're having for something else that's completely out of their wheelhouse and say, oh, I know what that is, right? But that's not why you came to them. Exactly. That's a great parallel. I love that. So, okay, we're jumping around from niching to case study, but it's all interwoven. So (laughs) back to case studies, I have a question for you. Short form video is all the rage right now. Everybody's talking about how popular it is. Have you been overlapping your case studies with short form video, or do you see any trends that are happening in the case study realm of things? The trend is that Brittany needs to hop on it is what's happening. That's why I'm giggling over here because I'm like, there's so much opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's something that my clients often are able to do once they have these case study pages. Mm. They can create short form video and point people to that. They can, I'm segueing again, but like they can put it in an email, Mm -hmm. PS, and like link to it. Mm -hmm. But short form video is amazing, especially for something like case studies, because it's storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's these little snippets. It totally works with our attention span these days. And you can tell the story quickly. You can kind of give the highlights. Mm -hmm. And then you could tell them where to go read more. So there is definitely a lot of opportunity there for sure. And you can do it any number of ways. People are like, I don't want to put my face on camera. You don't have to. You could even just like have a short video of you scrolling through the case study page. Mm -hmm. Like there's tons of things you could do. Let me say it this way. Do it in a way that feels comfortable for you. Right, right. Yeah, we all have to figure out what that is. Basically, you can repurpose your written case studies to fit whatever the latest trend is, right? Because right now it is short form video and next month, you know, (laughs) we'll be evolving into something else that everybody's talking about. But once you have your content and you know what your speaking points are, there are so many different ways that you can recreate that and use it again and again across channels. Definitely. And I'm trying to get better myself at repurposing, but my clients are usually like years ahead of me. So I'm always like taking notes. I'm like, oh, you did that? Okay, I'm just going to make a note of that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's because you're busy writing their case studies. You know, I know it is. They're out there repurposing them. That's a good point, too, because case studies are like a marketing asset that has a long life to it. Yes, absolutely. They are so very important. Well, I have loved our chat together. And where can people find you? They can definitely find me on Instagram because I joke that I live there, but it's kind of not a joke. <laughs> so I'm over there at Brittany underscore Herzberg, and we'll link it. Don't worry about trying to spell that. My website, BrittanyHerzberg.com. And then if it's okay, I'll also share my podcast that I have with Crystal. Yeah, please do. Which Sunny was on. So, you know, go listen to that episode. It's called The Simple and Smart SEO Show. Yes, it's a great podcast. I um, <laughs> not only was on it, but I listened to it. So Aww. fantastic. So many great people on there. Yeah, there are. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was so fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Marketer for Hire podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights to help you delegate marketing so that you can confidently get out of the details. If you enjoyed the show, will you do me a favor? Will you hit the follow button and leave a review and a rating? And if you've heard something that you think will help another business owner, be sure to send them a link to the episode. I'd sure appreciate it. And most importantly, before you go, I just want to say that I know your time is so valuable as a business owner, and I truly appreciate you spending some of it with me today. Thank you, friends, and I'll see you next time.